I, I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'll, I'm just going to be honest. My superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out, and I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff, but I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up. You know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpower is being honest. I'll eat your ass. I will. I'm combat model, optimum self-sufficiency, probably the leader. The point is, is have you thought about that yet? Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this, and I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. You think I like sizing up my neighbor, how I'm going to haul him up by a chain and chop his ass up? I'll do it. My children aren't going hungry. I will eat your ass. remember uh pokemon go to the polls right the thing that hillary yeah. said and everyone made fun of um mm. you know the showing that she is kind of out of touch with the youth and that she's just trying to cash in on something that wasn't really popular anymore i'm just chilling in cedar Rapids. well yeah exactly you, you had like that and then you had pokemon go to the polls and that was like yeah got used so much against her because oh look at how out of touch she is like she's such an elitist whatever she doesn't she doesn't know that no one plays Pokemon Go anymore. So, um, yeah. as I'm sure you recall, there was a very distinct stage of this uh, this quarantine where everyone was going out and buying their Nintendo Switch and buying Animal Crossing New Horizons. Mm-hmm. Right? So this was over the summer in a very similar manner to how Pokemon Go was kind of a summer 2016 phenomenon. I mean, there's still people that play it, and they never shut up about still playing it. But... Yeah. There are still people who play it, but it was largely a summer 2016 thing that happened. Much like Animal Crossing New Horizons. There are still some people that play it, but it's nowhere near as popular anymore. Okay. Now, you know, because time is a flat circle, and because we can never actually move past the political moment of 2016, Mm -hmm. the Biden-Harris campaign has created... I'm not not sure, you know, how high level the, the creation of these were but they've created their animal crossing new horizons lawn signs what so i think yeah so you you (laughs) scan a qr code and you get a little you can either get like a biden harris 2020 like a classic lawn sign you can get one that's just like that weird image that they use where it's like literally just the sunglasses which is like the profile picture of every like dude with a beard youtuber is like the sunglasses and then the beard and he like and not like the Walmart parking lot truck guys. Not even like the, no, it's like a, literally an outline of sunglasses. Oh, oh yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a completely yeah, different yeah. demographic. So you you got the sunglasses, you got your classic Biden Harris. Um, I they might have had a riding with Biden one. That one would have been hilarious. What do you even do in Animal Crossing? Um, you pay off debt. Okay, that's the gameplay. You harvest things and you sell them. Um because you took out a massive loan on a piece of land that you can't afford. And so now mm-hmm. you have to t- work the land to pay it back. So uh, it's a little on the nose. Hey, isn't that what they did to the Russian serfs in the 1860s? <laughs> it's a, I was going to say, it's a little on the nose, 
given the current political moment, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, you know, if I was a Trump supporter and I was mean and nasty and racist and I was visiting someone's island and they had a, a Biden-Harris sign on their cute little uh, tropical island that they've, you know, they've been harvesting. Is there combat in Animal Crossing? No. No, there's nothing of that. Then I'd, I'd, well, I would, I I mean, would make a but mod. I, I think if I, I was a, a Trump supporter and I saw a lawn sign in Animal Crossing, I'd be inclined to vote for Biden and Harris. I mean, they understand mm. me, you know? Yeah, naturally, yeah. They understand that, you know, uh, people play video games a couple months ago. Yeah. Well, that's just so performative. Like, it, wow. Like, so the whole point of, people like... People do like, young a, things. A lawn sign is, like, a whole... It's, it's, it's a weird... Americans love their lawn signs. I mean, we have a lot of them here in Canada, but you, there's just... The lawn sign is, I guess, it's meant to show your support, you know? And it's meant to make people who are voting for your candidate feel good. It's not meant to sway anyone's opinion. Unless it's, like, I do... literally, like, zero name recognition. Like, oh, I've seen their name everywhere. Like, those lawn yeah. signs for down-ballot candidates can actually make a difference. Because if they're the only mm. name you recognize and the lawn sign was attractive, then you might be inclined to vote for them. But for a fucking presidential candidate, I mean, how many, I actually remember... how many undecided voters are there, really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And not in this election. There's no undecided voters. Yeah, because um... you either are... Yeah, and there's no moderate, there's no person that plays Animal Crossing that would vote for Trump. That Venn diagram is already very small. Yeah. And then you add in that third Venn diagram circle of people who would be swayed by a lawn sign in their favorite video game as the deciding thing for their vote. Yeah. So, with this move, they're targeting centrist gamers it's also stupid because isn't animal crossing just the game you play because there's like no stakes in it and it's just fun yeah it, it animal like, crossing it's is, like i was saying the reason the why Minecraft. animal crossing was so like it was so popular at the peak of the pandemic right at least here in, you know america's chasing their peak but because it, the reason it was so popular here in canada was because it was an escape it's a very yeah. the music is very nice it's very calming it's a nice setting pretty much you play it to unwind and you play it to distract yourself from the destruction of civil society as you know it around you mm -hmm. and it's a little on the nose that that's where the biden harris campaign is going for their campaign outreach yeah oh i know i know i mean that's i guess that's what i was talking about in um that minecraft bonus episode i did uh it's just sometimes people just need a space without politics in it and sometimes some people just want to grill for god's sake and sometimes yeah somebody runs for mayor of the hermitcraft minecraft server but that's not like the state of like you know western civilization is at stake that's just dumb i'm mad at them for that you know let people have their spaces yeah like colonizers I, bringing in yeah like it's one thing to be like, no, you know what? I'm not political. I don't like talking about politics. But it's another thing to be denying people their like apolitical spaces. You know, at some point you have to unplug, and you you have yeah. to, you know, as much as I hate how hard left, you know, let people enjoy things gets trotted out. Like, let my, people enjoy Minecraft it, and Animal Crossing and those kinds of games are meant to unwind you. They're meant to be relaxing games. Like you can play Minecraft and just live in a survival Bye. world and yeah and just chill 
But yeah. anyway, um, I, think- I I actually do remember. Sorry, before we move on, um, I do remember um, some neighbors who lived across the street from us a few elections ago. I was, I was a lot younger, um, and I I heard the story secondhand that one of them put up uh, an NDP lawn sign, and then the next day the other one put up a liberal lawn sign. And the day after that, one of them moved out and went to live with their son for a day or two. <laughs> I so. but I don't understand how like if it was like a, I don't fucking know like people's conservative or people's Christian party and an NDP sign. I can understand, mm. but I, I, the ideological difference between the liberals and the NDPs. How do you get that worked up about it? Well, especially unless it's like. I don't know if Leighton was still a like, leader at this point. Like, I don't remember what election it was. It was a long time ago. I actually don't remember this happening. I just remember hearing the story. But basically since, like, the early 2000s, the NDP have been just liberal party too. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it in the Waffle episode, right? Yeah. And how, how Jack Leighton caused that shift. But yeah, I mean, it... Although the Waffle is actually, honestly, like, part of that... Because this idea that you're going to replace all your trade union leadership with a bunch of, like, university professors... University professors are fine, but, you know, the direct result of that is people like Jack Layton. Yeah. So... Yeah. I, I mean... Anyways. Uh, that, I think we're going to start the episode for real here after that little tangent. I just like talking about video games. And also, we wanted to get our contractually obligated Joe Biden mentioned out of the way early so we could talk Bro, about stuff. Bro, Joe Biden sucks. Yeah. Fuck wow. that guy. Bro, honestly. Okay. Um, are we starting with the good news, or are we complaining about culture? Uh, I think we've complained about culture enough for a little opening, so I think we're going to talk about the good news, which is that Ed Markey has been declared winner of his primary. So, so I mean, this was... I think, like, and, you know, this has been an observation shared by many, is that we you look to this as a what a hypothetical Bernie Buttigieg would have been. Right. Because, you know, Joe Kennedy is the vibes guy and Ed Markey is the policy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get, you know, you, you get Joe Kennedy who's, you know, going on to interviews saying, oh, well, you know, Ed Markey, um, he's just not the right guy for this. Like, he's not, he's not attacking policy because, you know, Joe Kennedy doesn't have any sort of policy replacements. He's just saying, well... He's trying, like, the conservative strategy of, oh, well, he's just not ready. Like, what they tried with Justin Trudeau here in Canada. Yeah, well, Justin Trudeau was not ready. Well, he was, but we don't need to get into Yeah, that. but with... There, he's just trying to, you know, make people feel bad about Ed Markey and not want to vote for the old guy. And, oh, you know, you guys, you guys loved all of these progressive challengers. Now we're just going to throw some young... Some, a young Kennedy... You know, fresh out of the the under the the facility deep under the Pentagon, we're gonna mm. throw a Kennedy at you guys, and you guys better fucking vote for him because yeah, you know, Markey's old and washed up when you know he authored probably one of the most important pieces of legislature in American history, Green New Deal. Yeah, although Tulsi's Tulsi's is better than the Green New Deal, but we don't need to get into that either. Yeah, there it and, is again. All right, so we yeah. got our Biden, we got our Tulsi. I think we're good. I think we yeah, can end it episode's here. Episode's over, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Um, the, uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, I said it on Twitter, I'm gonna say it again, Ed Markey has now become the third government official, uh, to assassinate a Kennedy. 
Um, I mean, he, you know, like, you were saying, you where's were saying his before, career going to go after this? Yeah, you were saying before, like, he has just killed his career. He could have primaried Warren. And I would, if he was going to primary Warren, you know what? I would have cheered for him. Yeah. Two years, I think it is, he would have had to wait. Or he could have waited, if he really wanted this specific Senate seat, you just wait, whatever, six more years, one more term. And then Marky retires. Or, I mean, he's yeah, old or as hell. fucking do something in those in those two or six years, right? God, like, just run for president, he's, you dweeb. He's a, like, well, you know, congressman with a failed primary challenge under his belt is certainly a better track record than mayor of a of a college town in fucking Iowa or in Indiana. In Indiana, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Oh, and also, I mean, this guy's been a. A party guy for a long time. I mean, didn't he do the... He did the official response to one of the State of the Unions. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he's being, like, the, the young Democrat guy. He's being the Kennedy. Yeah, exactly. The token Kennedy that they have to keep around as a, as a lightning rod for any Bush family Mr. Kennedy, strikes. it's 4 a.m. Time for your next son to get assassinated. Yes, DNC. It's just awful. It's... That family... That family, I mean, they almost took over the, they almost, like, acquired Taylor Swift. Like, bro, nah, oh my this God, is not right. it. Oh my God, you're right. The Kennedys are, I, I don't know what to, th- I, I do know what to think about them, and it's nothing good. You know what? John F. Kennedy, he's dead. Robert F. Kennedy, he's dead. Ted Kennedy, I don't know anything about Ted Kennedy, I think he's dead. And you know what? Joe Kennedy... I'm not, I just think that every Kennedy who's ever been in politics at this point is dead. And Joe Kennedy is not, and I think he should learn his lesson. He, he, should, and he, should, he, should, learn, he should learn the family, the family business. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he's like, I don't think anyone. Really I think he goes, to I die. think, I don't think, I think he goes on, like he, his career isn't over, but he's not running in another election. Well, that's what I'm going to say. This is good for him. This is going to save his life. Because every Kennedy who's ever been in politics, apart from him, is dead. Think about it. Big brain. Huge brain. So, Joseph uh, Robinette Kennedy. (laughs) Save your life. Save your own life. Um, But yeah, so Ed Markey just, like, owned Joe Kennedy uh, III. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't a blowout. Like I was, I was really hoping for uh, Joe Kennedy to just absolutely eat shit. It was a res- well, sixty forty. I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, but I was really, it's I was hoping, I was difference. hoping for at least a sixty-five. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we'll see. The results aren't all in yet. It's just, it's called. Yeah. Um. God, I, so, I saw a picture of his of Joe's face. Now he's just—he's so smooth. He's his. Oh my! I don't know. I think he's kind of. I, his, there's no wrinkles. There's no yeah. definitive jaw. There's no. His nose is like his brow, like everything. It's just. It looks like they threw like cornstarch onto him. <gasps> oh. I just I, w- I went on Twitter to see his uh, to see if he had made an announcement yet and he hasn't and uh, Lauren Ashcraft just tweeted I would like to wish Joe Kennedy a sincere congratulations on his retirement from politics. <laughs> Queen. Oh, Anyways, um, 
Millennials so, are killing the Kennedy industry. Rose, tw- like, literally, Rose Twitter just bullied that man. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, and the fact that like they tried to to do all the Bernie Bro shit to to Marky, that was like being like, yeah, um, all your your supporters are bullying me and my wife online. Like, can you get them to stop, please? And Marky just did not address it or take it at face value at all. Like, what a fucking... He's a Or because he learned the lesson. The second yeah. Bernie was like, okay, you guys go, I have to calm down. Even if Bernie had been like, this is not a problem, which he did sometimes, he ad- addresses it. And you know what? Kamala never addressed the, uh, the K-Hive thing and how they literally, like, go to people's houses and post pictures of them on the internet and stuff yeah. like that. And now all the, like you know, pea-brained, spineless liberal media is talking about how brilliant it is that um, Kamala has this Twitter operation on her yeah. side. I mean, but, so, yeah, and, and obviously the the Bernie bros would have been covered as the thing that was going to lose Bernie the general if he got nominated, which, of course, they never were going to do in the first place, but it's a nice, it's a nice thought experiment. But, yeah. um... Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to see Ed Markey wins, and of course it is Massachusetts, so I mean it's v- we get a slightly better race. Exactly, it's it's very. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, even the uh, communists are racist in Massachusetts. I I don't know many people from Massachusetts, but the there's one the, the they work at the the camp that I work at, and it's it's four brothers. And Sawyer. You know, we've had Sawyer on the yeah, but twice. It's four brothers. He's not racist. The, the ones I know, the four brothers, they're not racist. They're just insane. Mm. It's just a it's just a crazy, crazy state. Listen, I mean, pol- politicians from Massachusetts, all of the Kennedys, Elizabeth Warren, and Ed Markey, who has actually a very bad track record, he's just gotten better. Yeah. Like if you're a politician from Massachusetts, I'm going into your house and I'm stealing something. <laughs> Because you deserve it. Parody, non-actionable. Yeah, no, that's complete comedy. I, we at the Juno Beach podcast don't endorse um, going into people's houses and stealing things, even no. if they do deserve it. Um, oh, I mean, they totally deserve it, but that doesn't mean we should encourage. That doesn't mean we endorse it. Yeah. yeah. Um, if if okay. any of our supporters are online bullying anyone right now, we also denounce them. <laughs> yeah, as if we had any online supporters. Yeah. You know, one day, you know what, my goal for this podcast, I've had a few goals, and you know, I've talked to you about a a few sort of markers of our success. I want some Redditor to call us to say that we're going to be like a pipeline to Canadian fascism. God. If someone, like, denounces us as fascists. No, no, if we get, like, if we get a, you know, the whole Gwen Snyder Chapo thing, if we get that, I think that is the true mark of our success, is someone who will not shut the fuck up about us online. See, I was just thinking someone writing a Medium article about how we're both fascists. Yeah. Yeah. That's the marker of our success. When we've hit that you know. point that, you know, we, we have people saying, oh, well, look at these extremists and then look at these other extremists and they, they share things, right? And then bringing us into it for no, for no reason whatsoever. That is mm-hmm. when we will have succeeded in terms of podcasting. Yeah, and that's when we know we're actually making a difference in hearts and minds. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's good. That's a bit of good news yeah. to start you off. Um, I think, yeah, moving on a bit, just sort of talk about a bit of culture, you know. You can't claim we're a Chapo clone if we also, uh, steal a bit from, like, Red Scare and stuff like that and talk about culture instead. Um, 
VMAs. Video Music Awards. The, we- um, I, it, the fact that Weekend did not win Song of the, of the Year... Who did win Song, song of the Year? I think it was Lady Gaga and... I think it was no! Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Okay. I didn't like that album. At all. Okay, Weekend... He did deserve it. I, I assume you're talking about Blinding Lights, yeah. right? Yeah, that song's fire. I've listened to that song and like... I mean, he, he won Best Music Video, but I mean, it's like... Which is pretty big There's the a... It, it's becoming apparent that a lot of these like um like awards shows are bought out i mean i know that it's like pretty fucking obvious but it's not like they're really like buying them out and then also having the song that they give the actual award to be you know an, a culturally important one it's like well, there, there are games that are winning awards before being released mm-hmm like yeah, before yeah. even like a, pr- a press release, they'll just win. Like oh, this game of the game of the year. I well, but listen, it's important. You know what? It's because Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga are both Italians, right? And so it's not really that common when you get two, you know, black women who get this kind of recognition from the awards. This do is you really remember? Big. Okay, so do you remember that dude K W Miller? No. The guy, the Floridian QAnon dude who's running, like, he's running for Congress. You know, I'm just more excited for Laura Loomer, but but sure. But what I, so where I'm going with this is he actually, I think he was the author of that huge thread that was, like, talking about, like, Italians and how Ariana Grande has been, like, blackwashed or whatever. Oh, she has. Well, I mean, yeah. She has spray-tanned herself into, uh... I, I think... The other thing is that, you know, when she was an actor, um, they, she, like, she was very whitewashed. I think that's... Yeah, I think more, that's actually a better point, that they better, made her more white when she was an actor. of the difference in her yeah. skin tone. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it makes more sense. Especially considering... Like, if you even look... Considering that she was working for, like, one of the slimiest people in entertainment. Yeah. It does not surprise me at all that Dan Schneider would whitewash someone like Ariana Grande. Oh, yeah, no, not at all. And, and like, even, you know, looking at... I, I got the opportunity to uh, be exposed to a genre which I avoid like the plague, which is K-pop. Um, that genre has literally only gone downhill since Gangnam Style, and I will not budge on this. Um, and just to see, like... Like, no wonder these people aren't allowed to have girlfriends. Like, between the 11-hour dance choreography sessions and the, like you know, everyday skin bleaching. Like, yeah. oh my god. It's, it's... Those were the whitest Koreans I've ever seen. That was horrifying. I felt so bad for them. The BTS people. Yeah. Like, they I, literally... I would, look, they're fantastically rich. Right? And they yeah. they have worldwide fame and all this, but it is at such a cost, I would, I would not wish being a K-pop idol on my worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, I was reading a bit about it. Although, not as bad as this new, uh, theory that says that all these new Albanian, um, pop that stars, like... fucking insane. Are all, yeah, and we're not gonna get into it because this actually does, like, genuinely seem, like, weird and probably episode-worthy. Yeah. Um... But there's this conspiracy theory that basically says that all these brand new... Well, like... You know, there's been this explosion of Albanian singers. Well, there's there's two, right? There was Rita Ora. Four. No, but she had, like... 
the ones that I recognized from this was Rita Ora, because she had, like, three hit songs, like, a couple years ago. And then Dua Lipa, who just released an album and that, like, blew up everywhere. And it's this conspiracy theory that pretty much says that, like, the Albanian mob is, like, hosting phantom concerts and laundering dirty money through these pop stars. Yeah. Well, Beeb Rexa um, and Ava Max are also, like, kind of big. Um, like, I recognize their names. I can I can name one Ava Max song, but that's it. Because um, it was on TikTok. But, yeah, no, no. Like, there's, there's this theory that... So there's this one uh, Croatian concert hall that had 9,000 um, seats and sold 4,000 tickets to a Beeb Rexa concert. Um, and yet her, her marketing team who um, actually is apparently connected to the Albanian mob, uh, had claimed that um, they'd sold 60,000 tickets, um, which is weird. It's really weird. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, a fiasco in Croatia, but outside of Croatia, no one really talked about it, and so a lot of people suspect I mean, there was also that, that, yeah, that whole thing really... where Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa tweeted out that weird map of Albania... Oh my god, the Greater Albania map. Yeah. That was so good. No, that was that was that was queen shit. I respect her for that. You know what? I'm just gonna say it. Kosovo is not Serbian, okay? Kosovo is not independent. Kosovo is Albanian. And Kosovo wants to be Albanian. And everyone else, get out of my DMs. There's been right? a lot of You know I'm right. A lot of people have fought over this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm gonna walk outside. I'm gonna like Bang. very just just a bunch of dudes, <laughs> a bunch of dudes in red ski masks, just tap your shit right as you walk. Well, I'm gonna like wake up in the morning. I'm gonna very like vaguely hear the um you know the music going in the background. Shit. You know, God is a Serb, um and and I'm gonna be like, huh, that's odd. And then yeah, I'm gonna walk out of the house, and there is going to be some dude in like a beret, a ski mask with an actual like anti tank rocket launcher, and he's just gonna blow my shit up. Yeah. And that's going to be it for me. Uh, I will have taken a principled stand on an issue which does not affect me, and then an issue that I probably have no right to have an opinion on, that I literally made a joke because I have no opinion on it, and I'm going to get my shit blown up for it. Hell yeah. And it's going to be so worth it. For You know, as a bit. Getting getting as my entire house demolished by an anti-tank rocket launcher, you know, as a bit. It would be funny. Um, I think now we're going to talk... So, I mean, the... The Albanian mob is definitely an interesting topic, and we might we, we could definitely do an episode like really diving deep into this. But yeah. I think the whole I didn't even know about this until I read this this here. But this whole Unity twenty twenty thing, and it's like basically the fucking Lincoln Project. Like they're they're uh, well, it's the Lincoln Project, but like so less pretentious. It, it was introduced on Tucker Carlson. Let's go. So you know what? That's like, Respect. So that's already like that. That's the caliber that's a red of intellectual flag. we're working with here. Um, mm. And it says that it's a grassroots presidential campaign to restore patriotic, courageous, and capable leadership to the United States, and it's a plan to save our republic. Um, Shut up. It's so yeah. It says it says simply, Unity Twenty Twenty intends to gain ballot access in all fifty states by partnering with one or more third parties that agree to run the Unity ticket. So they had a bunch of like fake primaries where people weren't actually running, but they put forward a bunch of names of like 
left-wing and right-wing candidates, and people voted for them, and now they're going to try and get them to run on this ticket. Um, and the first thing I noticed was that the people, the, the left-wingers who they ran, were left-wingers who right-wingers like. So Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang were the two most prominent ones. Um, that, I don't want to insult your queen too much, but that's very eye-opening. <laughs> no, I mean, I have always said that one of the great things about Tulsi Gabbard is that she gets right-wing support. Like, there is a certain I don't, amount... I don't know how great that is, though. Is it that great? I mean, people always bring it up against her. I do. I think it's good. You know, I think that... You know, if you can, if you can actually get... It's just like Bernie. Like, if you can actually get right-wingers to vote for a left-wing platform... And make no mistakes, her platform is very left-wing, right? And in many places, her, you know, foreign policy her drug policy, uh, it is to the left of Bernie, and it's obviously to the right of Bernie in some areas, but it, it was, you know, she is a left-wing candidate, and she was able to get a significant amount of right-wing support, and I think that is quite something. I think that is uh, an achievement, and I think that it's commendable. You know, if it was that she was, like, a right-wing Democrat that was getting Republican support, I that, guess. if she was, like, I, I guess it's different, that would be if different. It's a, if it's a sort of class consciousness thing rather than if it's mm -hmm. like a look at me i'm a right-wing democrat you know look mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm a veteran i believe that you know support the troops but well i mean she is a veteran so who supports the troops scrolling through yeah but you know not in the way that people yeah. like amy mcgrath use it <laughs> so scrolling through this articles of unity unity 2020 website i mean we get a look at the guy and he my first impression when I saw a picture of the uh, the founder, he just looks like shittier Jordan Peterson. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got the Peterson hair and, like, the Peterson, like, beard and aesthetic and all that, but he's just, like, he doesn't have, like, the sort of commanding physical presence, if that makes any sense. Like, he just looks like... He looks like, like he Jordan looks like Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Well, he looks like if Jordan Peterson... And, oh my god, what's his name? The guy who was in Sicario. Oh, fuck. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, a, if there, they had a, there's a fucking great little thing on their splash page here. Um, so it says, it's a quote, Nothing is more important or more powerful than an idea whose time has come. That's some Buttigieg shit. That is what so, that that's mean? like... Mm. Nothing so is says, more important. Nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come. The, I mean, it's so the unspoken yeah. majority, and so it goes through a a little political spectrum. I hate here. this. This is insane. This is this fucking rocks. So you've yeah. got, um, you've got a little paradigm here, and on the far left and the far right, you both have these little black squares. One of them is eight percent, which is the progressive activists, and one of them is six percent, which is the devoted conservatives. And then there's a big zone of, I guess, what Americans view as ideology that are labeled in orange that says willing to engage in dialogue. This is the weirdest political compass I've ever seen. It is seen. fucked. And so, so, yeah, it's got traditional got, liberals, 11%. Yeah. Passive liberals, 15%. Politically disengaged, 26%. Moderates. 15% and traditional conservatives so 19% what, but I wanted to because like you have 
the eight percent progressive activists that are not willing to engage in dialogue younger highly engaged secular cosmopolitan angry this man just pulled out the atheist none, card none of this shit is like <laughs> is this who invented commie is this supposed to be an indictment of like the of like an aoc a tiktok aoc stan like is this like, like is this it is, going it out is. With their 8%? but who do you think invented communism was it karl marx no it was christians it was christians Anyways, that always pissed me off when everyone's like, oh my god, they're actually all atheists and they want to take away your religion. Yeah. I mean, a lot I mean, of them do, like, but people who want to take away your religion are liberals. Yeah. Just saying. Or they're taking the whole opiate of the masses thing out of context, but we don't need to have a whole theory debate on here. But and then, no. So they've got the 11% of traditional liberals who are older, retired, open to compromise, <laughs> rational, and cautious. So... I mean, they're they're obviously you know wanting to paint this orange zone as all of them having their merits, right? Instead of like you know insinuating that the liberals are spineless and don't stand for anything, and that the conservatives yeah. are like these you know venomous snakes, right? And then they've got their passive liberals, fifteen percent, who are happy, insecure, distrustful, and disillusioned. Which like if you're disillusioned with the system, that doesn't you're not a liberal. You're not yeah. If you're disillusioned. Like, do they just, like, I are they disillusioned with the fact that people disagree with each other and that people are willing to get upset about issues that are important to them? Is that what they're dis, are they, is it disillusionment with the system or is it disillusionment with people voicing their criticism of the system? Yeah. Right? Like, do they, do they see criticism of the, of the mode of production that they live in and instead of joining, they kind of retreat in and go, oh, well, they're all upset and, right. you know, they should just. They should just grill, for God's sake. They should. You know what? No, um, they should. They and should. so, and then they've got like obviously the center here, which is the obviously. No, read it. It's psychotic. Read the, it. So the largest, the unspoken majority, right? And the largest percentage of this unspoken majority is the politically disengaged, young, low income, distrustful, detached, patriotic, conspiratorial. These are fucking QAnon people. Yeah. They want to bring QAnon into their fucking bullshit coalition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then just keep going. This guy's worse because he got moderates. Yeah, so you Engaged. get moderates. So these moderates, these are the people <laughs> who the Dems think exist and are trying to chase them in November. But read it out. Read it out. Engaged. Civic-minded. What the fuck does that mean in this context? No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Middle of the road. Yeah. Pessimistic, which like... And? And? Protestant. Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> they just fucking throw that in. Bro, like no. 15 per, like, oh my, yeah. So, like, engage, politically engaged, so, like, what? They fucking go to Joe Biden rallies and vote? Like, is that what their idea of engagement? Civic minded, what does that mean? Like, they um, like the systems that are in place? Is that, like. I guess. And they want to maintain the republic. Middle um, of the road, so obviously, like, you know, praising that, right? Like, having that be something that they like, right? And that yeah. this being middle of the road and considering all sides is the logical thing to do, even if it's considering the road and, you know, staying the course between fascism and maybe some higher taxes. 
Listen to this. Listen to this quote. Trust me, liberals are not complacent. We are ready to vote right fucking now if we could. <laughs> um. And so yeah, then you, yeah, so yeah, your traditional conservatives, your religious middle class, patriotic, moralistic, and then yeah, your devoted conservatives, retired. Highly engaged, uncompromising, and patriotic. So, I mean, so basically, at least, at least they, they discount what? every single conservative. Yeah. Or like they they basically just discount. They're discounting the fascists, or like the boomers no, who go on Facebook. No, no, because I think the fascists. No, you're right. The fascists the are politically, politically disengaged because they mm. realize that what they want is not. You know, they might be able to vote it in, but they're much better off. You know, not teaming up with a bunch of liberal nerds. Yeah. Um, and so, and also, no one knows where these numbers came from. So it says um, it comes from hiddentribes.us slash profiles. Which, I mean, it's just, there's a quiz that you take, and it puts you... Oh, there's, I'm going to take the quiz right now, then, and so I'm going to mess up this data. So it says for the progressive activists, uh, for the, first of all, the symbol that they have is a black power fist overlaid a pink pussy hat. Yes! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> Which, like, gives you an idea of, like, what these... They, these people think that, like, Elizabeth Warren was, like, a Marxist-Leninist who was, like, coming to, like, seize your 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 fucking car dealership. And Fred Hampton... Your... Fred Hampton be like, you know, I would be out here uh, defending the rights of, you know, black people with guns, uh, but I'd rather be at brunch. I mean, it's... It, they say that the, is... the progressive activists are the highest levels of education and socioeconomic status. As if that is... Oh, so like they're a... basically like all these people who could afford... So they're basically saying, yeah, rich, rich people... Rich people are all liberals, okay? You will never find a communist who does not, like... Upper middle class is, like, too high to be a communist. Middle class? Sure, Maybe. I know middle-class communists. I'm a middle-class communist. But you're never going to find people at the highest socioeconomic status. No, who are, well, it's because they don't think that like those people exist, and so they think the furthest left is those rad libs, which, yes, they absolutely can be in the highest strata of American society because that's what the popular view is. It's just that they there's a minority of that group who sometimes aren't willing to compromise with fascists, and, you know, good for them on that. Yeah. But it means that they get, you know, it, it's like how the the marginalized and oppressed groups alignments and genders alignments and identities on Tumblr was used to mock the entire LGBTQ community for years. Yeah. Right? You get s some people without a great understanding of things like gender theory... Mm -hmm. who make everything look bad for both the people who, you know, are less progressive and to the people who are more progressive than that. Yeah. It just becomes well, and a you know, argument. You know what? I'm just... Fuck it. I'm just going to come out and say it, okay? Dear listener, uh, I have, for a year and a half, had dysphoria, okay? And I don't know where it's going. But for about a year and a half, I've been doing a lot of research into gender and stuff like that. And I will tell you, one space of the internet which really helps is ContraPoints. You know, somebody who actually does research, 
uh, is a left winger and understands gender. Uh, and one space of the internet that doesn't help is all the like anarcho liberal, like non binary people who call her fascist. Because there, I think this, it's true that there is a certain amount of like infiltration of left spaces by like liberals, and, and that's just going to happen as it keeps getting mainstream. Like, guilty liberals will get into left spaces and then try and take it over. Well, yeah, so, because they want to feel good about themselves and they want to feel like they're on the frontier of change, but they don't want to have to question the system that they live in. And that's what Instagram card accounts are, and that's why they all start... And then, then, then liberals get into left spaces and start sharing on their cards about why Cuba is actually bad, and the CIA agents are just jumping up and down. They're like, fuck yes! Like, Let's fucking go! They didn't have to lift a finger. After 638 failed attempts to kill Castro, the liberals just infiltrated the left and did it posthumously by ruining his reputation. Or trying to, at least. It's just... It's ridiculous. Um, but I think what's even more telling is that, yes, Tulsi Gabbard was the most popular left-wing candidate. The most popular right-wing candidate was Dan Crenshaw. Uh, he's that one-eye Navy SEAL guy who... Is um, insane. Yeah. Um, and obviously, by the way, this by no means binds them to this ticket. They probably don't even know it exists, both of them. But people want it. Um, but, like, this is... Left Right Unity is literally the Lincoln Project. Like, Dan Crenshaw it's like, it's like, is it's against everything she stands it's for. It's Lincoln Project, but, like, instead of just taking, like, what they view as the sensible part of the horseshoe, they want the whole horseshoe. Because yeah. they're also trying to reach out, you know, they're obviously they're going for the the orange zone, right, in the middle of the willing to engage in dialogue. But if they can grab some progressive activists by using language like, you know, stopping the corrupt duopoly, right, if they use language like that, they can pull in the their, their what they think are the progressive activists. And then if they use words like to restore patriotic, courageous, and capable leadership to the United States, and that it's a plan to save the republic, they can pull in some of their devoted conservatives. It's a Biden op. It's it's a it's a good grift, to be perfectly honest. No, this is this is a Biden op. You know, we have seen Biden essentially just throw away his lead in the last two weeks, and now once again, people are like questioning if he's going to win the election. Right? This is a really good way to steal Trump's, Trump voters. He knows he's not going to take away any of his own voters. His own voters are set. He knows that the only people on the left, or left of center, I, I'll say, not on the left, because they're voting green, or if they're, you know, wacky libertarian. Um, and wacky not in a bad way. Um, but a good way to... like, So he's not really going to, you know, lose any center-left Bernie people because they're not voting for him anyways, and any center-left Bernie people who's decided to vote for him has already decided to vote for him. Nothing's going to change that, and anyone who's decided not to is not going to vote for him. So that's, that's not a loss to him, but it might be a loss to Trump. This is 100% a Biden all. And I think it's too clever to come from Biden himself, or maybe it's dumb enough that it did. I guess we'll have to see where it goes. But I just think this idea that you could get Tulsi Gabbard with someone like Dan Crenshaw as her running mate. I mean, what if she gets assassinated on day one? Then Dan Crenshaw is running your country for four years. And he is anathema to everything she stands for. He is a, she's pro-legalization of every single narcotic. 
he doesn't even want medical weed. She's pro withdrawal of like, you know, you know, closing bases in Europe and getting out of the Middle East. He says more troops in the Middle East. So I don't know why these people think this is gonna work. I don't know why anybody thinks left right unity is gonna work. And if left-right unity is what's necessary to save it's, the it republic, sounds like, it sounds like maybe the want, republic should just die. It sounds like they want a, like a, I don't know, like a, a third way. Maybe Bro, like another no, option. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not getting into that. No, but that, that, that's what, that's the language that they're trying to use, right? They're, we know historically speaking what grifts of the left coming from the right have turned into. Bro, where is Smedley Butler when you need him? Honestly. I need this man to snitch. <laughs> so, now I think we want to... I mean, it, it's not necessarily a fun topic to talk about, but I think we're going to yeah, talk we've, about... Yeah, we've done our fun topics, and then we'll finish the, it off with a funny topic. actions, and I guess what our opinion and what our view on the ongoing violence in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And Portland. Just and violence Portland. against Just, the left. Yeah, so... I think that's a great way to start off, to set the tone and say that this is violence against the left, first and foremost. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it... <laughs> the the fact that, you know, there, there's been enough tweets pointing out the double standard of Kyle Rittenhouse versus Jacob Blake, and how Jacob Blake, you know, had turned around and it con- he conceivably could have been holding a knife and was summarily executed by a police officer. Or and, they tried to, at least. And Rittenhouse walked up to a line of riot cops holding an AR-15. After shooting people. After shooting people, and they told him to just go home. Right? It, we don't have to delve into that double standard there, because at this point, it's becoming par for the course. It's becoming what we expect. Because at this point, the police have realized that they don't need to worry about the optics of the of the protests anymore. Because it's now all been framed as a law and order thing. And that there are these outside agitators, whether you think that it's Russia or whether you think that, you know, it, it's fascist white anarchists. or that you think it's white anarchists, whatever you think it is, these are, if they've managed to convince majority of American people that it is an outside agitating force causing these protests. And, by and police doing, don't even give a shit anymore because Trump's going to give them more money. Biden's going to give them more money. Yeah, they both said as such. They as don't, much. they don't need to... You know they don't. It's it's not like they have to hedge their bets or or they have to pick one candidate, right? And and that's why there's so many police unions endorsing Biden and, and then some of them endorsing Trump. It really is, you know, a, a single party system. But in a typical American excess, they have two of them. Yeah, I forget who said that, but it's such a good quote. Yeah. I mean, it's they don't. It it it's. It just is an excuse for them to get out and crack some skulls, at least for the riot cops, right? Yeah, they're they're all fucking violent psychopaths. No one takes that job of beating people up who are protesting against police brutality. No one takes that without at least something wrong with them. I'm sorry, but I'm that's my view of it. And I think I don't part know. of it is that there's a cultural aspect to it. You know, like as much as it's funny to joke about how you know American cops are just people who are too fat to go to Iraq. Um, I think there is sort of a certain element of, of, of truth in that, you know, America since 2001, uh, has seen itself both as a country under siege and as a country, um, that is, 
you know, at war. And I think that the absolute, you know, devotion to the troops and this, like, sycophantic, uh, for, you know, the simple English, the absolute simpery, I guess, for for the military uh, industrial complex in that country. Because it's all that they have. It's the only... The police are a death cult because they see themselves as the exact same as the people in Iraq and Afghanistan. And as the news comes out that there are being war crimes, like war crimes are being committed in Iraq and Afghanistan and all the, you know, brutality that these soldiers are forced to, to carry out by their superiors, sometimes uh, in order to survive, sometimes just because they've been ordered to and they have no other choice, um, they see themselves the same way, except a cop is granted a lot more agency over themselves than a soldier is. A soldier has a command structure uh, and squad mates, um, and the eyes of the world uh, up until then were, for until very recently, have been on soldiers rather than cops um, when it comes to America. Uh, and so cops have basically become their own like Terminator-like individualistic violence yeah. organizing organisms and we, and we got our know, judge dread exactly exactly they, they're dark they are they're you get a billion judge dreads and every time they do something wrong the union intervenes the judge is sympathetic you know obama invites you to the white house to drink beer uh with the victim of your incredible racism um and you get off scot-free like there is the amount of, of think pieces that I've seen... God, I hate that word so much. But the amount of think pieces that I've seen of people being like, huh, I wonder why police forces have a white supremacy problem. Hmm. I fucking You know, when even the why. FBI... When even the FBI is trying... In vain, by the way. But when even the FBI is trying to warn people about the white supremacy issue in the police in America... You know that they have a huge white supremacy issue. Like, oh my goodness. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's a fallacy at this point to assume uh, if you're American um, and you're showing up to these protests or, or you can't or you, you, you don't feel you're safe or whatever and, and you're supporting them, to assume that the Democrats are on your side. Because there are Democratic police officers, there are Republican police officers. There are police officers who are racist, and there are police officers who are not. Um, and there are police officers who joined out of a need for violence, and there are police officers who joined because they thought they could make the world a better place. But it doesn't matter. Because that entire system is screwed up. I mean, that's the whole point of the term systematic racism. Yeah. Right? Like, not everybody who takes part in that system has to be racist. In order for the system to be racist, which no means... one in the system, like if you were to somehow make everyone take a racism test or you know those fucking scam implicit bias tests, if you were to have every one of those take one, anyone who had showed any kind of prejudice or racism be ejected from the force and replaced with someone who wasn't, it would still You'd disproportionately still have harm people of color because the laws and the systems that are in place mean that are designed to are yeah they're it's it's by design how you know they you know for example enforcing drug crimes stricter disproportionately mm -hmm. affects people of color 
And it's it's not even like you know it's there's something particularly sinister I think about systematic racism uh, in America. And I could be completely wrong about this. This could be a bad take, but you know you look at something like the opioid crisis here in Canada among our indigenous communities, uh, as compared to you know the the you know the drug crisis um, in America among you know their their communities of full of people of color. Um, and, you know, in, in Canada, the opioid crisis is, you know, a natural result of decades of genocide, uh, a lack of intergenerational wealth, um, and everything, uh, you know, all of these, yeah, systematic racism, but it was never anything, you know, this didn't start by an intentionally malicious act on, you know, the part of the Harper government. No, um, I, I think it's it's on the other hand. The op- but the opioid crisis, I, I think, if you're specifically referring to the the recent spikes in overdoses, right? That that blame can be laid far more squarely at the feet of the pharmaceutical industry, in my opinion. Oh yeah, here in well, Canada, but I'm just saying it's also, not like as well as in the United States. But oh yeah, Obviously, I mean, in the United it, States, it was... there are companies that have been successfully sued for deliberately getting people addicted to opioids, so, but that's beside the point. What I'm trying to say is that... The whole thing with bringing, you know, bringing the heroin in in the wake of World War Two and then... Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that drugs were implanted, drugs were implanted into black communities in the United States in order to prosecute a war on them, in order to justify authoritarianism, I mean, it was, in order to it was, justify it the was, exact behavior you're seeing it, today. It was, li- it was, a, it was a, a thing with Nixon, I believe. That he, Reagan. It was, was it... I, I thought it, started it was Reagan with, when he was governor. It started with oh when he was governor, mm-hmm. but it it started yeah with that. So, you know, it, in Canada, it's certainly, I think, a, more a problem with the pharmaceutical industry and how opiates are prescribed, and that is also a, a systematic it, racism issue. But but it, it, I'm saying in the U.S., the whole pharmaceutical industry is exacerbating the existing opioid crisis on purpose. But it's not as though it, here in Canada, it's not as though there was also the direct implantation of narcotics. exactly. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, um, and so like it's easy to cheer for people, and you know, I think we both cheer for people. We just talked about her queen. Yeah. Um, and I I do think she genuinely does, wants to do good, and you know, you can have. Your favorites, you know, you can cheer for AOC, you can cheer for Ilan Omar, but I think I do. Yeah, I do. Not to sound like a liberal, but you love to see, you know, any small bit of any sort of a leftist movement of any kind, you know, showing its. I adore Ilan Omar, and I adore Rashida Tlaib as well. I am impressedly not too much because he's a Warren person, but even um, still, I mean, it's. You know, it's Warren good might see. be a snake, but I don't think her snaking was as intentional as a lot of people make it out to be. I think it, it was honestly her hedging her bets that she would get that Bernie would win, and that she would, and then and then at the last moment, you know, she kind of jumped ship to Biden. I don't think it was as malicious as stay in to steal votes from Bernie. I I think I would like to think that she honestly thought that she could do better on Super Tuesday. And I don't know whether yeah. that's just wishful thinking, and I'm riding the high off of Mark. I'm riding the electoralism high off of Marky's victory, but I don't know. I, I think 
Elizabeth Warren may be a grifter, but if that's her grift, it's a damn sight better than, you know, Tom Cotton. And those kinds of people run in your party. Next president. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Right? If, yeah. if, if her grift is going to be, you know, making moves towards raising people's awareness about how centralized banking in America has, is robbing people blind, if that's her grift, and she's still actually raising awareness about that... You know, she is in a Good. position of power to raise awareness about it. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, raising awareness gets made fun of a lot, but at the end of the day, Elizabeth Warren is making people aware of the fact that banks are not their friends. That's a fair point. I, I don't, point. I don't, like, obviously on the campaign trail, you know, there was a lot of sort of the anti Bernie stuff, but I, I don't know. I, I'm still very conflicted on Elizabeth Warren as a politician. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, in any case, you know, it's I, I, I still think like you can cheer for your people. Um, but I think no matter how cool Tulsi Gabbard is, no matter how cool Ilhan Omar or Rashida Slave or, or AOC are, the fact is that America is a racist country. Even if nobody in America was racist anymore, America would still be a racist country. Canada is a racist country. Um, and it's, it's hard to see what's going to fix it. It's hard to see if it's going to be fixed at all. Um, and, you know, when you see Kyle Rittenhouse, a literal child, uh, bring, um, a weapon, you know, an assault weapon to a protest. I mean, he's our age. Like, like. Oh, he's he's younger than us. No, well, you know, he's my age. Yeah. Right? I can you fucking like and the the culture that someone that young has been steeped in, you know, he was a cadet in the fucking police force, like their their junior cadet program. He you know, likely was about two years away from being, being able to do that completely legally. Yeah. With no repercussions. Yeah. So, so thank the fact didn't that know, I guess. He, the the fact that, you know, he got his he got his mom to drive him to the protest. Jesus and Christ. with an AR-15 in tow, and you know, you got people saying, "Oh, well, he was trying to he was trying to, you know, give people first aid." Why the fuck did he bring a gun? Right? People are trying to bring up his past as like training as in first aid. Why would he bring a? Why he bring a gun? The amount of people I have seen get shot by police in the head with rubber bullets and stuff while giving first aid to people, uh, Black Lives Matter people doing this. Unarmed I mean, people. There was there was a story I I read that there was someone who was attempting to s- save the life of one of the the people murdered by Kyle Rittenhouse, and the, they were sectioned off from police. They weren't yeah. given an opportunity to. They had a gunshot wound trauma kit on them, and the police boxed them out and made sure that that person died. Yeah. So it it sure shows you you know their allegiances and. If you're not a cop that's blocking off a medic from saving a Black Lives Matter protester, you're a cop that's watching it and taking it all in and still continuing to do that job. Good cops quit. Good cops quit or they get fucking killed by their coworkers. Yeah. Right? They get murdered. <laughs> was, was there not that one cop who tried to whistleblow and then uh, so one one of his uh, uh, you know partners accidentally discharged his weapon or whatever and shot him in the back of the head 
Like, this happens. Good cops do not last long. Whether they just can't take it, or they get murdered, or they get sued by the police force, or they get fired. There is no such thing as a good cop anymore. Maybe there was never such thing as a good cop. Uh, maybe I'll revise. Um, and, you know, yeah, whether you're not, you're the cop who's watching Kyle Rittenhouse murder a man in cold blood, uh, and then, you know, murder another person and, and shoot a third as they try and, you know, fend you off, as they heroically sacrifice their lives to try and stop you. I mean, people are trying to... And then whether or not you're the cop who lets him pass your line... Right, who who tackled Kyle Rittenhouse and hit him with a skateboard to throw him off his balance, so that this was like it was after he had shot the first person. He's yeah, he chased. shot one person. This guy closes in on this kid who's holding a lo- an AR-15, a long gun, hits yeah. him with a skateboard to knock him over, and tries to disarm him and gets shot and dies. Hero, like unequivocally, are... hero. I, like, I don't really know how else to, I guess, codify this. Like, it, it's, it's, like, these people are, um, I don't know. They're, don't know. they're they just, it's because any action that is against the their police forces are you know is hostile to them and so they view that anyone that would you know that Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero that's kind of where the narrative stems from it's that he was trying to two commies down yeah exactly like oh only good commies dead commie like oh no I'm so scared of the the 14 year old who posts like color graded like with the the closed caption thing that says some shit like never let evil take root. Like I'm, I'm so scared of that 15 year old. Yeah. So like, Oh no, an overweight, sweaty 15 year old femboy in his attic is saying our patience has its limits. I'm so terrified for my life. So, but the thing is, is that now these people have long guns. Yeah. Because like it or not, Kyle Rittenhouse was one of these people who would post your little fash wave pictures of Reinhard Heydrich being like, this is what they took from you. That was him. He was an internet fascist. He had a gun. He murdered people. And the world celebrates him. The president celebrates him. And then, whatever, a day later... An actual, honest-to-God, American fascist gets killed in self-defense, and the right wing explodes. Oh my God! They're you know they're killing our people. Like fuck! Now you know how it felt for us. There's actual poses of him with Nazi flags. The guy who died. The guy, well, yeah. No, I, yeah, uh, he's not Kyle. Um, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, the, the capital the, F fascist who got killed in Portland. Who got owned. Um. Yeah, I saw the video. Self-defense. Um, and, yeah, so he was a member of this group called Patriot Prayer, a far-right group. They've teamed up with Portland Police before. Uh, Portland Police has, has passed information to them about, you know, anti-fascist Black Lives Matter activity, stuff like that. Um, and he got killed in self-defense. Uh, people come out. The president comes out and is like, this is not good. Uh, and then, yeah, he has taken pictures with Nazi flags. 
Because you know what? That's who these people are. Deep down. Republicans all have... They're not all fascists. It's systematic fascism, okay? We'll say that. Because that country, at this point, I, I am convinced that it's just going to go that way and no one's going to be able to stop it. Yeah. And one day, people will look at someone like Nancy Pelosi and they will say, what the fuck were you doing? Well, they'll they'll look at her and with the same opinion of like the, the Social Democrats and the Weimar Republic. Oh, but, oh, I don't think so, because the Social Democrats are still the good guys. It's Fulman and his communists who, who ruined the whole thing. No, I mean, one day, I hope, someone like Nancy Pelosi uh, is looked at the same way as Hindenburg. Um, no, I mean, I have, the amount of SPD apologism I've seen um, for these people who, you know shot the left more than they shot the right, even though they claim to be left, murdered Rosa Luxemburg, uh, were complicit in the, you know, Nazi lies about the burning of that ice egg, uh, and, you know, the rounding up of all the communists, uh, and then had the audacity to be like, oh, well, we, we tried to stop them. Like, how do you try and stop them? By stopping them from getting elected? By voting? Like, you realize what stopped the Nazis, right? It was communism. Well, it was also you know, the British. But it was bullets. Like, these people have guns. You are... You have the right to defend yourself. And that's, I mean, all we'll say on the matter. Yeah. Because if you live no in, If you live in a country where you have a right to bear arms, Do you it. have a constitutional, constitutional right to bear arms, why not exercise that right? There's literally, like, no downside to it. Like... There is no situation. Fascism existing is a threat to you. It's a threat to me. It's a threat to everybody. It will... There... If a fascist has a gun, they are a threat to you. If you have a gun, you have the right to defend yourself. And fascists will always shoot first. Because that's what fascism is. Kyle Rittenhouse will shoot first. The police will shoot first. Right? The Nazis shot first. So, defend yourself, I guess. Yeah, get a gun. Join, if you're American, join the Social Strifle Association. Um, and make sure you don't... Make sure you know how to use it. Well, that too, yeah. Don't fall victim to these people. Anyways, I think we're going to finish up with something a bit funnier. Yeah. Speaking this of Pelosi. This might not have been the best segue, but, I mean, if, if we're talking about Pelosi, there's a... It's a Fox News article about how... Pelosi used shuttered San Francisco hair salon for blowout. Owner calls it slap in the face. So, the story here is that Nancy Pelosi uh, managed to arrange with a hairstylist to get uh, a wash and a hair blowout. Um, and, you know, what the hell, whatever. Um, well, but the, the, I think the they, thing is, is they that... They said that they're a lot... Like, they have been closed since March, and at least hair salons have. And... They could reopen on actually today for outdoor services only, which is like fucking hilarious. How like that's how America's handling it. Like you can go to Disney World, but please socially distance, wear your mask everywhere. You know, yeah. ev everything sucks and it's worse. But of course, yeah. So they can reopen we can't today. Stop all of this. It just has yeah. to suck. 
and but of course this is still like before any reopening for these places um yeah so and... so yeah the the key thing here is that Pelosi was able to get her her hair done before they were officially allowed to reopen and she was not wearing a mask yeah i i did i did see um one of the comments um huh you learn something new every day i was sure pelosi went to the taxidermist for her monthly makeover (laughs) (laughs) which is like the this is the level of posting on the right that we're kind of contending with like (laughs) she, she goes to the taxidermist like of course it, it's not it doesn't fit within the liberal like you know order of being nice to people you who you're yeah except opposed to but except they're not yeah they're i mean obviously so they're not liberals right they're the ones who well no what i'm saying the liberals are the ones who photoshop those pictures of trump getting spray tanned where he has a tiny dick yeah because or like where he's having sex with vladimir putin yeah right and then it's like the joke because is, homophobia the joke is okay is if that you don't like yeah yeah Exactly. Like, oh, it's 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 okay if we're the homophobic ones. Well, yeah, because so because in their view, it's it's okay because the other side does it too. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the, the liberals will always follow the conservatives wherever they go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, she... <laughs> she went and got her hair done. Mm. And, I mean, I... Look, it's if you think that any like Republican senator didn't go out and you know make a phone call to one of his buddies that runs the the organization that broke like a hairstylist strike and said, "Hey, can can I go get my hair done? Can you sort something out here?" Mm-hmm. Right? If if you think that Republicans haven't done the exact same thing, then you're just willfully ignorant. Oh yeah. Like of course they're going to abuse their position of power to for like tiny shit like getting their hair done yeah of course but still i think everyone knows that the republicans suck pelosi i mean i'm reading here from like the owner of the hair salon itself being like i cannot like i could not say no to her um yeah she's the fucking speaker of the house (laughs) yeah um so yeah it's um and in fact, she, her, the the owner's hair salon isn't even allowed to um, to open outside because this yeah. they're a chemical place, they're like a coloring place. So, anyways, I mean, it's still it's bad. And it's like, there's a quote here from the owner: "I have been fighting for six months for a business that took me twelve years to build to reopen. I am a single mom. I have two small children, and I have no income. And like." I guess she's trying to blame the Democrats here rather than, like, the abject failure of the United States to keep mm, its citizens... I think it's the fact that it's a Fox News article. Maybe. She is from San Francisco, right? I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to be charitable here. Like, I don't... And I don't really care what the salon owner thinks. Right? I just... I think the fact that Pelosi... Uh, feeling like she was high and mighty enough to come, to be deserving uh, of uh, an exception, to to deserve to put all these other people at risk um, because she wanted to get her hair done is 
typical yeah of... I'm, i was not surprised at all when i i read this story i mean of course she's yeah. gonna go out and use her position of power to do menial shit like get her hair done at great risk to other people like but... if this person has no income and she's a you know yeah. a single mother what happens if she gets it and dies what's gonna happen to her kids what's gonna happen to them because if she has no income, she's not going to a hospital. So, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think there's much more to say on it, except the fact that Nancy Pelosi is quite possibly one of the worst people in America. I mean, um, up there, like, yeah, in terms of position of power versus ideology, I mean, obviously, Cheeto Man is, is public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I'm saying that like I know it sounded like I was trying to be sarcastic there, but I, I would say that he's probably the most dangerous politician in the United States. Um, yes. closely followed, yeah, by Nancy Pelosi and her sort of aiding and abetting of Trump in all the shit that he's done so far. Yeah. So I. Think... Oh my God. <laughs> Joe Kennedy is getting ratioed on his um, on his uh. Of course he is, because he sucks. <laughs> His his Fucking grateful close. thing, his grateful tweet has eight hundred likes, and then Ken Clifford says he replies own, and he has one point five thousand likes. <laughs> like, uh, of course, yeah, yeah. So yeah, people like roasting him in the in the comments have more. I likes wonder if I posted the the fuck Joe Kennedy in the replies of one of his tweets, how fast I'd get suspended off Twitter. <laughs> I think I might do that right as we wrap up, and then I'll uh, I'll update you guys uh tomorrow episode. actually yeah yeah because it's a it's gonna be a hectic next couple days so i think with uh with that we're gonna end the episode here so yep. um as always follow us on our social medias at juno beach pod yep um Malcolm, we'll be talking french, french too go ahead <laughs> yeah um but i think yeah with that we're gonna end off here so i've been declan i've been malcolm thank you so much for listening See you tomorrow.